This is a Podcast 225 production. Welcome to The Waiting Room on Podcast225.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Waiting Room. I am your host, Dr. Mary Catherine Rodriguez, along with my co-host, Dr. Katie Fetzer. Um, and welcome to uh, our our second episode of 2019 um, for The Waiting Room, but where we're going to be focusing on relationships um, and kind of all things in between. So relationships, kind of the role we play in relationships, and also um, how we can have pretty much the most important relationship um, be at its healthiest, which is the relationship with ourselves. So just a brief disclaimer about The Waiting Room. Uh, this show and its content should not be mistaken for psychotherapy or counseling. Um, it is not intended to replace or serve as a substitute for a mental health service. But if you are interested in mental health counseling, you can <clears throat> contact your insurance company and see who providers are in your area. You can contact the Wellness Studio, which is Katie and I's private practice at 225-448-3359, or you can call your local hospital. So um, on today's episode, like I said, we're going to be talking about relationships and just kind of the part that we play in them and how they affect us in our everyday life. So we're going to take a quick break and come back to do a deep dive. Podcasts have become a great way to get radio on demand. If you've wanted your own podcast, the time to call us is now. This year, Podcast 225 will be launching new shows and yours can be one of them. You won't have to build your own website and you'll be able to use professional broadcast equipment that will make your show sound amazing. If you'd like to know more, call 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Be a part of the on-demand audio movement today. Welcome back Back to The Waiting Room. Welcome back to The Waiting Room. I am Dr. Rodrigue, along with my co-host, Dr. Fetzer. And today we're talking about relationships, um, kind of a love 360, looking at love from all different perspectives. Um, You can check us out on podcast225.com iTunes, and also our social media handles, which is The Wellness Studio. So leave a a review or a question. We'd love to hear from you guys. So starting off today, uh, Psychology Today actually- um, And Valentine's Day. And Valentine's Day is right around the corner. Exactly. So (laughs) being February, um, there's so much kind of love, I think, in the air. And uh, and everybody automatically thinks of romantic relationships, which um, I think maybe the holiday was initially intended for. But I think if we look at love um, in, in a holistic way, from our family, our friends, and most importantly, ourselves. We felt like it was really relevant um, to have this discussion, um, maybe not in the traditional sense that everybody does think about on Valentine's Day. Yeah. So uh, Psychology Today had pointed out that the need for human connection appears to be innate. However, the ability to form healthy, loving relationships is something that is learned. And that stuck out to me because Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people think that A, they're not good at that, or B, they don't even know where to begin. Mm -hmm. So um, we're going to do a a more in-depth look at that today, just about the different relationships that we have in our life and how we uh, play a part in that. Um, And and just how the the research and the evidence does suggest that our first relationship with love starts in infancy and, and throughout our childhood. And so to be able to look retrospectively with a mental health professional about your relationship with love all along, I think is really a great way and a healthy way um, to think about relationships moving forward. Yeah. So um, something that uh, a book that we um, are going to be referencing a lot today is called The Mastery of Love by Don Miguel Ruiz. And some other notable works by this author is The Four Agreements or The Voice of Knowledge, um, which I recommend. So if you wanted to check out more about what we're discussing today, um, the book, The Mastery of Love, of Love is 
available, I think pretty much anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, but they have a few just talking points from this book that I've used over the years with many of my clients that I feel like is so rich for deep discussion Mm -hmm. about relationships. So we're going to go ahead and kind of kick that off with one of the first, uh, points in the book, which is the wounded mind, uh, which sounds kind of negative when we're talking about love, but really, Um, The author writes, like, perhaps if you've never thought about it, but on one level or another, all of us are masters. We're masters because we have the power to create and to rule our own lives. And I think about um, just that, that power and that control and how oftentimes we give it away so quickly, Mm -hmm. whether that's um, because of our insecurities, whether that's just not knowing ourselves or not even understanding what that power or what that control actually means. Mm -hmm. And so in relationships, there's oftentimes this bartering of such, of this power. Um, And so to be incredibly mindful of what it is that you're giving to a relationship and what you are getting. Yeah, and I think what I love about that too is that it it kind of breaks it down in an easy, you know, that's what Don does is he breaks it down in kind of an easy way to kind of really remind ourselves that we have more power than what we realize. And mm-hmm. the process of life is always, it's not, it's so complicated and it's such an abstract thing when we're talking about actual learned um, versus this innate human connection. There's this learned process, like you were saying earlier, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's, everyone it looks differently for everyone it's not linear it doesn't um so everyone has to be able to kind of look and realize that that power does lie within themselves because it does, it looks so different for everyone you know one might grow up abused and they that for example is something that really contributes to what you learn about love right um right. whereas someone may grow up in a non-abused, very loving home, um, but they still have issues with relationships because they never were taught to love themselves. Right. Um, so right. it's really, it, I like that he breaks it down in that way that with the power and where it lies. Yeah, and and, and talking about childhood, um, and, and, and abuse is obviously one factor that can contribute to the ideals that shape your childhood, but also just your family dynamics. You know, if mm-hmm. you had one parent that was working, you know, constantly and wasn't home because um, they were providing for the family, but what does that that say or do for you as it shapes the way that you attach yourself to one another. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, a mental health professional is somebody that it, it's a great um, guide and kind of this journey of looking at your relationship um, with yourself again, but with others and where that stems from and how far back does it go and how long have these kind of presets have been set um, that you are, approach relationships based on childhood um, responses. So another point that I, I, I have a dog-eared and highlighted because I think this is a really um, interesting way to look at how two people can be in a codependent or um, a toxic or just manipulative relationship um, is he uses the example of the drug addict and the drug versus the drug dealer. And so those are very jarring words. Whenever I use this example with my clients, I say, you know, I, I think it's, it's meant to kind of go, whoa, you know, that sounds extremely toxic or that sounds really unhealthy but I think when you listen to the description that I'm about to read for you guys I think we can all relate to being kind of both roles and I think it's on a spectrum of unhealthy behavior so it's not necessarily um, when you think of of abuse or something extremely trauma traumatizing but it can also just be in the language and the way that we communicate with one another so 
bear with me a second. It's kind of like story time. I'm just going to read to you his excerpt um, about the drug addict versus the drug dealer. Um, and so he uses the word uh, provider for drug dealer. So just when you hear me say that, because I want to read directly from the book, um, you understand what I'm saying. So he says, the one who has the biggest need is like the drug addict. And the one who has the littlest need is like the the provider or drug dealer. The one who has the little need is the one who controls the whole relationship. You can see this dynamic so clearly because usually in every relationship, there is one who loves the most and the other who doesn't love, who only takes advantage of the one who gives his or her heart. You can see the way they manipulate each other, their actions and reactions, and they're just like a drug addict or provider, a, a drug dealer, the provider, and the drug addict. The drug addict is the one who has the biggest need, lives in constant fear that perhaps he or she will not be able to get the next dosage of love or the drug. The drug addict thinks, what am I going to do if this person leaves me? That fear makes the drug addict very possessive. That's mine. The addict becomes jealous and demanding because of the fear of not having the next dosage. The provider can can control and manipulate the one who needs the drug by giving more doses, fewer doses, or no doses at all. The one who has the biggest need completely surrenders and will do whatever he or she can to avoid being abandoned. And I just think that's a very powerful dance that you can see between two people especially when you're looking at like this is obviously looking at just unhealthy relationships Mm -hmm. and an unhealthy dynamic that might happen with um with a relationship so there's probably a lot of people listening that can relate to that in the sense of maybe you've been in an unhealthy relationship um and maybe have not been able to kind of see your way out of it and so it's a good way of taking an outside perspective and saying you know, and thinking to yourself, like the dynamics in your relationship. And there's also truth that, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are in healthy relationships that may be able to offer, you know, the description of what a healthy relationship would look like. Right. Um, and I think if we're giving both perspectives and looking at it from all angles, you know, this is one example of what it would look like if it's an unhealthy relationship. But like, can we talk to maybe also about what a healthy relationship dynamic would look like? Um, right. Maybe in which the power differential or the the need is more um equalized right in some right. way right um and love the way in which love is existing in that relationship it also starts with the person themselves and each person in the relationship in that loving thyself right right and i think people oftentimes feel sometimes that they're working very hard in a relationship. I've heard this a lot in sessions that I feel like I'm working so hard and that person is just not working. And it's like you said, it's equalizing. Think about the percentage and the the effort and the the, everything that you're putting into the relationship and if that person is meeting you where you are um, and and to understand what it is that you need in this relationship and if you're seeking that out in another person versus is that something that you need to be able to give yourself mm-hmm. um, and so that's why we kind of reiterate the point that your relationship with yourself is the most important in order to have a healthy relationship yeah. with someone else. Which is such a um, complex thing as well the whole idea of loving yourself and how do you do that? Mm -hmm. Um, So when we even just say that, you know, a lot of people may be listening and thinking like, okay, well, how do I love myself? How do I make sure I'm loving myself? Like, what does that actually look like? Um, And our response to that would be, it is certainly going to look different for everyone, but it also can be very simple in that you are unconditionally, I mean, the way I would break it down in terms of how we look at the relationship of counseling and how we exist to care for people and to not judge them Mm -hmm. and to help them to be able to have 
a place of support and healing and a safe place to be able to go to, to be able to work through whatever problem they're having. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking at being able to do that with yourself, it's important that you don't judge yourself, that you right. don't beat yourself up, that you give yourself love and patience. Um, so if it's almost like breaking down the definition of love from a spiritual sense, mm-hmm. um, which is it has patience. It's kind. Yeah. Um, and I think that if we're looking at love and how we, you know, even though it feels like such this like complex and not attainable thing, if you look at it very simply, um, it's one of those things that each of us can make the decision to do. Mm-hmm. And it starts with ourselves right. and being able to give ourselves that patient patience and yeah. kindness. And I think sometimes too, it's easier said than done, which is why Dr. Roderick earlier very much has mentioned counseling and how it is a hub for people to go to or an avenue Mm -hmm. for people. If you're even listening now and thinking to yourself like, wow, I really probably don't love myself. I'm always beating myself up on different things. Counseling is a really great place for people to go to be able to figure out how to do that. Right. Right. Um, and and uh, something else that, that the author discussed in the book is about healing this emotional body. And so he writes that love is the medicine that accelerates the process of healing. There is no other medicine than unconditional love. Not I love you if or I love myself if. There's mm-hmm. no justification there. It's really about loving yourself, loving your neighbor, loving your enemies. This is simple common sense, but we cannot love others until we love ourselves. And that is why we must begin with self-love. Yeah. So how might, especially to like, if people are listening and they're in a relationship, but they're also maybe trying to love themselves as well. Um, how might we talk about maybe the way the avenues in which maybe people can do that, whether it be like couples counseling or individual counseling um, and how those things can be very helpful. Yes. Both of those are are great ways and, and mirrors back to, um, the, the, the way in which I, I think this is a big thing is think about the way you talk to yourself in your head throughout mm-hmm. the day, um, being very mindful of the conversation we're constantly having with ourselves. Think about when you drop something and you break it and you think just, oh, you're so stupid or you're so clumsy and, and, and really be mindful of how much you talk yourself down or on the opposite. Think about, you know, or, or how many, how many times you're lifting yourself up in the day? How do you mm-hmm. motivate yourself? How do you encourage yourself? And so if you're thinking about both of those elements and making a a change or, um, just being able to keep going with positive self-talk. And then how does that relate to your relationship? Is the person that you're with mirroring what you're saying or are they, um, are they kind of giving you the opposite? So if you are constantly talking negatively to yourself, are you with a a partner that does lift you up or does speak positively to you or vice versa? Mm -hmm. So I think the communication, not only that we're having internally, but externally is a big key component to healthy relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you, if you work on that, loving yourself for first step, that's something that you can do in individual counseling, of course. Um, but also, I mean, we are very well aware in that counseling is not necessarily the, the medicine and cure for everyone and everything. And we know that, um, for some people, this may be for different cultures, for example, it may be more spiritual and you're working through this with a pastor, um, whatever Avenue that is that you're really trying to be able to love yourself better. I think that what you mentioned is a good point in that once you do figure out how to love yourself and talk to yourself differently, like you said, and be kinder to yourself, you'll automatically know in a relationship if that, is being fringed upon or if that is right. being, being negated, combated yeah. or negated or you'll feel that conflict rub against you and kind of know, okay, you know, this is not healthy or this is not mm-hmm. 
the way that it should be, which automatically is a cue for us to get help or yeah. to talk to somebody. And I think, I think this is, a, it would be good uh, for us just to kind of mention a few myths about couples counseling. Um, I think that uh, people think if you go to couple and just with, with counseling in general, but if you go to couples counseling, then your relationship is just over or mm-hmm. it's going to end or it's, you know, in a really bad place. But if anything, I think it's probably one of the most healthy way to have a third party, mm-hmm. non-biased, non-judgmental professional that's able to kind of sit back and see these dynamics. Because when you're in that relationship, when you are, you know, arguing, or Mm -hmm. if you are just kind of stonewalling each other, you're not hearing the other person. Mm -hmm. And so to have a professional that's able to reflect back to you, some of the themes or just the way that you're communicating, I think it can really help a relationship. And you know what, if the relationship ends, it will end in a more amicable or healthy way because Mm -hmm. you're doing, you're, you're, you're investing into the relationship showing that you care. Yeah. And I think that's one of the cool things that we explain to people when they are couple coming to couples counseling. Some people come in with the mindset of I'm trying to save a relationship. Mm -hmm. I'm trying, I don't want this to end or, um, so they come in automatically with a set outcome. Right. Um, whereas we immediately kind of wipe that clean and say, we actually have zero goal or outcome in mind other than to be healthy and make sure everyone is happy and fulfilled in this, which could go a number of ways. It may mean the relationship ends. It may mean that, um, it changes in some way, shape or form and has a more positive. Right. Um, it may mean that we recommend each person to go to individual counseling because we can see that they don't have the ability or they, or they are not I shouldn't say don't have the ability or just have not don't have the habit of loving themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's so many different ways that it can go. And so we ask that people go in to couples counseling with a very open mind. Right. Um, and knowing that it could go in a number of different directions. But the goal is that it ends in a very um, fulfilled and happy way. Right. Exactly. And it's it's important to note that because oftentimes we'll see people in individual counseling that I think really wanted to sign up for couples counseling, but they find themselves there alone. Um, and so that's something that you can process with your mental health professional as well. So don't ever, um, and we, you know, we all kind of are culprits of this, but try not to just assume what the outcome is going to be, um, with mental health counseling before you take that step, because really it's going to be a path and a journey that no one knows what will look like. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and one other point to, to think about, um, when we've, in our January episode, we were discussing goals and, and reset button and, and resolutions. And one of the big things about setting goals, um, is intentions. And so I think looking at relationships, I think the intentions for entering a relationship is just as important. Yeah. With um, yourself and with Yes. Yes. So, and, and oftentimes the goals that we set for ourselves, um, will, will filter into our relationships. So just again, something you'd be mindful and think about when you're looking at kind of this whole picture and, and kind of love all around. And again, love meaning your family, your friends, your intimate relationships, your working relationships, but just the love that you give and the love that you receive and how that represents how you love yourself. Yeah. And I think that's a really good way for people to be able to um, look at it in such a way that it's all encompassing and it's, it has that 360, mm-hmm. like you were saying earlier, that 360 view where it's not just, we're not just talking about love in one thing in one relationship or in one area or facet of life. It's really, it starts with yourself, which means it's going to transcend into everything. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people look at love as being the opposite of fear mm-hmm. and that whenever we are struggling 
with love for ourselves or love for others. When we're not, when we're talking about love, we literally might mean smiling at the person at the grocery store exactly. versus barking at them because they rung something up. Wrong. Right. Love is being able to give that kindness right. and that non-judgmental, non-critical and just not judging others because we're all broken. Right. Every single one of us are broken. Yeah. So I think in a lot of ways, we, when we use the word love, some people might immediately think of hearts. And yes. that's why we are doing this around Valentine's Day because right. we immediately think of like, you know, romance mm -hmm. and we're not, we're not taught, we're breaking it down way more basic and simple, which is being able to just share that kindness and patience to others and not judge. Um, and I think when you think of it as the opposite of fear, like a lot of people look at it through that paradigm, whenever we're not loving ourselves, we're having a hard time doing it. It usually means because we're feeling inferior to something mm -hmm. or because we're in fear. Mm -hmm. We have, it's like the opposite feeling yeah. that one might experience when they're struggling. Yeah. Um, and so I, think it's really um timely that we're doing this around yeah. valentine's day and hopefully we surprised y'all and that you maybe thought you were going to listen to something about <laughs> romance and just relationships Rose petals and dinners yeah, and yeah but we tried to put a lot of flavors in there varying from unhealthy yeah. you know relationships that take form of a like you said like the a power drug addict versus drug dealer and mm -hmm. then also to um very basic and simple just being able to love yourself and how to do that right yeah so we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back to wrap it up Hi, this is Mayor Sharon Weston-Broom inviting you to listen to the We BR podcast, an initiative of my Women's Advancement Commission. Our show will air the first and third Wednesday of each month. We invite you to listen to our podcast by visiting www.podcast225.com. That's www.podcast225.com and by subscribing through the Apple Podcast app. That's We Be Our Podcast. Welcome back, back to The Waiting Room. Welcome back, everyone. This is Dr. Fetzer here, along with Dr. Rodrigue. Um, we talked a lot today about love and with Valentine's Day being right around the corner, um, we really wanted to have this 360 view of love and not just talk about love and romance and relationships, but most importantly, how love can really is and does affect every single one of us, especially when we're talking about how to love yourself um, and how actually having healthy relationships with others, not even just in romantic relationships, but relationships with our coworkers, with our neighbors, um, with our maybe a significant other, or it also could be um, with our children. So when we're talking about those things, it all starts with the ability to love ourselves um, and actually practicing doing that. So we hope that y'all were able to um, gain some new insights for yourselves. Maybe it was just one thing that we said that really created a light bulb moment for you. Um, and we certainly ask that if anyone felt the need for some form of support as a result of this, that we ask you to seek help from your mental health provider um, or find one by going to our website at surprisinglywell.com um, because this is not meant to replace or substitute mental health or therapy services. Um, and please don't forget to leave a review, leave some comments uh, and follow us on our social media under the handle the wellness studio. And also you can hear us by going to podcast225.com. And then of course on iTunes. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, and guys. we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the waiting room. This has been a podcast225.com production. 